Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gahn-Mueller. Barbara Gahn-Mueller, and I am just so honored to have you here today. As you know, you're on peacepodcast.org. We have three goals, peace, mutually assured survival, and happiness. Well, if we have a world that's at peace, think of the happiness we will create for each of us in every country, with our seas, oceans, with the animals on our planet. And so I have started these podcasts to help you understand that you are part of the solution for the wonderful world we can have. And so with that, today you're going to meet Marilyn Tam. Welcome, Marilyn Tam. Thank you. Good to see you, Barbara. Good to see you too. Marilyn Tam and I go way back from the University for Peace when we were in the airplane together going to the board meetings in Costa Rica to La Casa de Maria, where we were both on the invitationals, and just so many other ways, because we both live in the same town. Anyway, I want to introduce Marilyn. She's a very special person. Why? Because she believes in dreams, and that dreams can come true. So if you've been thinking, oh, why haven't I achieved the dream that I had when I was a little girl, or a little boy, or early childhood, or even in my manhood, Here's how you're going to be able to understand that dreams do come true. Now, Marilyn Tam is a speaker, author, consultant, board-certified executive and corporate coach. In fact, she was saying she's not doing as many podcasts these days because she's coaching. She was formerly a CEO of Aveda, president of Reebok Apparel and Retail Group, vice president of Nike Incorporated, and also a very successful entrepreneur who built four companies. Now, she doesn't look old enough to have done all this. That's because <laughs> she just ran a half a marathon. Think about that. This book <laughs> never, never, never says no to any opportunity that comes her way. Now, this isn't an ordinary woman. She grew up in an abused and neglected child as an abused and neglected child in Hong Kong. She left home as a teen and moved to America alone. This is a very important podcast, isn't it? Following her life mission to help others, she achieved international business and humanitarian success. She's credited with huge successes in business and also among her numerous recognitions and awards is the Artemis Award for Greek Government and Eco-American Women's Council with her image on a Greek postage stamp. Imagine, what if everybody was licking the back of your head? <laughs> But maybe it was already pre-stuck. Anyway, Marilyn is featured in many documentary movies because her story is so compelling. Glow Project, The Compass, Tapping the Source, Femme, Women Healing the World are just a few of the accomplishments and experiences. Marilyn's life is an living, a living, inspiring example of what we can achieve when we follow our dreams. Marilyn, did I do okay on that? <laughs> You're making me sound very old, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what you can do with enthusiasm and a little bit of time, right, Marilyn? Mm, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, I know. I always tell people, 
You can do a lot if you're if you're living in the passion you were born with. You can do a lot if you're doing the work you were destined to do. And I'm often asked, well, how do you know I'm doing the work that I was destined to do? And I say, are you happy? Are you feeling content? And if not, pay attention. Is that a good advice there, Marilyn? You can be mentoring away. Yes. <laughs> and you know what, Robert? There's one thing that Marilyn and I have in common, which is a deep respect and a great love for Robert Mueller, my late husband. We're doing these recordings right now because we want to honor Robert on his 100th anniversary, which will be March 11th, 2023. And if there's anybody who lived the example I mentioned about, are you living your destiny? Are you doing what you were meant to do? Why you were born? Well, it was Robert. And so Marilyn, let's start with you. What inspired you before we get into your experience with Robert? What inspired you to work for peace and to write the book on happiness? I love that book. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I grew up not in a place of peace because when, when my personal safety is being uh, challenged all the time, peace was not something I really knew a lot of. The only time I found peace was when I was away on a tree, climbing away from people. So basically, in other words, in nature. And in nature, I found peace. But those were very sporadic times because by seven years old, I was given away by my family to, um, to my aunt and uncle who lived in a different area. And there I had a very different life in the country, um, basically as a child laborer. And this is not obviously not a very peaceful environment either. Um, yet I felt more peace because I knew, knew what was expected of me and I was not being um, beat or told I was worthless because I was earning money, even though it was a, pitt a pittance, but I was actually being feeling productive. But then at age 11, my aunt and uncle gave me back to my parents. And so it was just my stability and the lack of peace again, because when there's no stability, when you don't feel like you're in control of your life, that's very difficult to find that inner peace, especially for a child who does not have the bigger picture of what life is about. So, but this is where magic happened. <clears throat> At age 11, I was put back into um, a school, a very good school. My parents actually are quite wealthy. It was just that they didn't want another girl. It wasn't like that they couldn't afford me or anything. They just didn't want another girl. But since now I am back with the family, they don't want to be embarrassed to have some child that wasn't educated. So I went to a very good school and there I met the girl who changed my life, Rebecca. And she was a scholarship student and a lovely friend of mine, but she was very reluctant to talk about her family. And then I later found out after some probing, that was because she was ashamed of where they lived and she was ashamed of how poor they were poor only in my sense in financial because in rich in love and there's something i had not experienced yet and so she was so much of an inspiration for me because i found somebody who despite not even even having enough to eat at the end of the month because the family ran out of money and that they all shared a room her dad her mom a brother and sister, all five of them in a room and they shared a kitchen and a bathroom of two other families. Wow. It was just a very difficult, challenging time, but then she was a happy girl because she had love. And, but I, 
didn't understand why somebody with so much and so little had to live that way. Why could two parents working full time not afford to feed their children and themselves at the end of the month? I was filled with injustice of this. And I made a vow then at age 11, I was going to change people's lives like a Rebecca because this is, didn't make sense. This is not fair. This is not just. And I have to do something about it. But of course, I'm still 11 years old. So, and this is what really pivoted the pivot point for my life is realizing about injustice, realizing that peace comes from having safety. Peace comes from having the ability to feel love and compassion for ourselves and each other. These are crucial things that everybody should be entitled to. And with that, I said, okay, how do I take it from there? And this is how our reference point makes all the difference for me, because my family just basically ignored me. I didn't have a lot of dialogue there. My reference point was National Geographic <laughs> because it's a magazine we got. And I could see in there all these people in Africa and they looked like they were having a hard time because they didn't have a lot of food. They, the government seemed to be uh, in turmoil. And I said, that's what I'll do. I'll grow up and go work in Africa and help these people gain peace and happiness. And because I had to take that big dream of mine to help the world into something concrete. And so all of us have to do that. We have to have a vision, but then we have to make it into something actionable. So how am I as a 11 year old girl help all these people? Well, I better get an education. I better learn how I can do all these things. So I got early acceptance in college in America. Then if it, I just went from halfway through seventh grade to ninth grade and halfway through 10th grade to, to America by myself because I was determined to get all that I needed to know and, and the skills I needed so I can go help other people. And so my life really transformed from that association with my, my classmate, Rebecca. So all of us have that motivation once we get awake, awakened or awake, whichever way you, it comes about for you to move forward with something that drives you because that is really your reason for being. All of us are born with a purpose and a reason for being. And I was so grateful I found mine early so that I could follow my dream. And here we are so many years are. later. You know, it's so <laughs> interesting how you found Rebecca. And it seems like people do come into our life at the right time. And mm -hmm. that awareness that you had of her being in such different circumstances than you had allowed you to say, well, wait a minute here. Why is she having so much trouble even having a meal? Whereas I don't have that issue, but I don't have that surrounding love that she has. So it's so interesting how the coincidences help frame what we're going to do in our future. And so how come you were able to take that experience with Rebecca, come to the United States, and spend time working for peace. What what transformed you from wanting to save everybody in Africa to working for peace on a global level? Um, it's, it's, it's funny, like you say, things happen for a reason at the right time. And I was, I did my undergraduate and graduate school in four years because I was so anxious to get going. And then I applied to work for WHO, World Health Organization, because I figured that's my venue to, I applied to them and I got a form letter back saying, we require 10 years experience before we hire anybody. 
And here I wasn't even 21. <laughs> There's no way I could have said <laughs> so, so I realized that my dream had to take a detour. I wasn't going to go to Africa, not at least for another 10 years. <laughs> and, and so I said, what can I do to move forward with my dream of helping others? Then I realized that as big as our dream is, we need to make a difference now, today. So I had to shift that thinking and say, where can I make a difference today? Now, not wait for 10 years, not wait to work for WHO. How do you, we, I, you work for peace, inner and outer peace, right where you are at that moment? So my whole career and everything shifted based on a rejection, which should have devastated me since all my whole education was gearing up to this point and it just got slammed in my face. But it woke me up again to realizing that we have to take charge of what our life gives us and move from there. I love that. Take charge of what life gives you and then move from there. If I'm listening to you correctly, it's when that rejection came to you that you all of a sudden realized, wait a minute, what can I do right now? And you know, that's why Robert went to the United Nations. He all he was going to be a politician. And Robert Mueller, my late husband, was going to be a politician. But he wasn't elected. And he said, okay, well, that's the way that goes. And then he all the other stories. And the coincidences from a rejection, I wouldn't be mm -hmm. in the United States if my grandfather wouldn't have said, I'm never going to have a war. And he left the United mm -hmm. left, left Hungary to avoid a war. And then my grand my father didn't get on the fire department. And then he came to California. So you see the rejection, the disappointment. And then if you're strong mm -hmm. enough, you can go forward and something new appears as it did for you, correct? Yes. So here she is a few years later and she's working for peace. And we were talking a little bit about the influence of people. And that's really important because people do influence us. That's why I try to stay with people when as much as I can who have the same values, who shout my values so that we can really move the world forward. And it doesn't mean I'm not helping others along the way, but we need peace on our planet. So let's talk a little bit about peace. Robert Mueller was, I think, the prophet of peace. He was the prophet of hope at the United Nations. And then you had the good luck to meet Robert Mueller. How did he influence you, Marilyn? You well, know, when, I, when I first met Robert, he was very, very inspirational because he was always happy. He was happy, he was optimistic. And then I think, how can this man who's seen so much pain and war and strife and turmoil in his life be so optimistic and, and, and focused still on the same thing without being discouraged? And as you said, we both have learned about disappointments and rejection, but somehow he could see the good in everything and, and not only see the good and everything, but pursue that and, and move people forward into that same mindset. And I said, that's something that really needs to be propagated around the world. Um, and it was just so, so um, inspiring. And then of course, then when things get to be either sad or happy, he would pull out his harmonica and, <laughs> and play <laughs> Ode to Joy. How can you not feel, okay, there's got to be beauty and hope here because 
there is music there is there is life there is love there is beauty and all so much more and, and so he always yes. had a vision and that vision yes. drove him regardless when he was three and he said, I'm going to be a peacemaker. It was his vision. I'm going to be a peacemaker that drove him through the wars, through the atrocities that he witnessed and the vision that brought him to your attention. Yes. Yes. And for him, you know, I actually asked him one time and I wrote in one of my books. I said to him, I said, how, Robert, how do you stay positive? through all the horrible things you've seen and witnessed and experienced. And he said, what is the, what is the alternative? Do you go into the depression and the sadness and, and the helplessness and the hopelessness? Or do you take what you've experienced and transform into something good? And I just thought, of course, what else would you do? And then, of course, he whipped out this harmonica and it's all over. I'm laughing. <laughs> it's just, but you it's said just something so... very powerful. When he saw those atrocities and he saw these people being shot that he promised they would not be shot, he said, what can I do at right now to transform this moment? And that's when he laid on the haystack in this barn and cried and said, I am going to spend my life working for peace. Out of those Absolutely. atrocities. He had a new resolve to even make his vision more powerful and more possible. And, and I have to give another story about Robert. Some years later, we, you know, you and I and Robert have already become warmly associated and a great, I'm very grateful for that, all that time that we had together. Um, I was going to go on a trip to Bhutan, um, just really as a trekking you know, trip with some friends. And I told Robert and he said, well, you must talk to the king. And I'm saying, <laughs> I don't know the king. <laughs> how, how am I going to talk to you? And then what would I say to the king? He said, well, Bhutan is the happiest place on the, on the country on the planet. You have to have them make a proposal to the United Nations and to tell them to declare an international day of peace. And I said, that's a really great idea but how i do it like he says you can do it and i'm going I, how, how can i turn him down so i said okay knowing me you know me i mean i do all the research i got all preparation i got a whole file done on it. i said okay i don't know how this is going to happen but i'll be prepared if i should meet the king so i fly to bhutan you know through thailand and on my flight from thailand to bhutan guess who i sit next to not the king but the Minister of Home and Culture, I handily whip out my file and I'm pitching him on the plane to Bhutan. I haven't even landed. So this is the magic of Robert's mission mm -hmm. that he sees an opportunity, no matter how remote it might be, he says, here's an opportunity for us to bring more happiness and peace to the planet. So after I talked to the minister, my whole trip changed because I had to fit in the meetings with him and, and to, to, to continue on this proposal that I, because he was intrigued because I did, I honestly did a lot of research before I went. I had a whole do dossier of things to share with him. And then the second, the first day after we landed, we're driving to where our first stop was, you know, I'm a, a group with my friends on a trekking tour. 
And who do we run into in the first um, monument for peace that was erected by the queen? We meet the queen. What is the chances of that? And the, the, it wasn't even completely finished. We're just kind of there looking around and the queen with all her bodyguards and show up. And somehow she talks to us and everybody's looking like, are we gonna allow this? But she was so happy and open and she started talking to us. And then she invites us to um, this very big celebration coming in up in a few days. It's not really a celebration, I guess it's a celebration, it is the, the transition of their um, spiritual leader who had died some years, uh, some days ago. And it was a big cremation ceremony to, to take him to um, the spiritual heaven or where, where you go to Nirvana, I guess. Um, so that again changed our trip because now I have another aspect of it. Now I have the queen as well as the minister of home and culture working on this project. But even with all this help and all this work, and I did go back to Bhutan again later to further up this work, it still took several years. Unfortunately, after uh, Robert died, before United Nations did declare International Day of Happiness. And so I, I'd like to share the story because the United Nations Declaration of, United of the um, International Day of Happiness really came from an idea that Robert gave me. I don't have that much to do with it because I think everything just came to me through the, the goodness of the universe seeing that this was necessary. And then the country of Bhutan took it from there. But I, the gem of the idea came from Robert. This is very powerful, the gem of an idea. And you know, it's like, if you have that vision very clear that this is something you want more than anything, the universe supports you. Look at all the support Absolutely. you got as you were traveling on this journey <laughs> and your support and the love that you experienced. You know, I am so happy you are here today because this is a time on our planet when people need to be encouraged. They need to hear stories that are not perfect have good endings they're not even you're still a young woman so you're not at the ending you're in the beginning <laughs> of so much think about it and you know i remember the elder hostels coming to our little cabin in costa rica and these elder hostels were waiting for inspiration they were ready to do something but they didn't know what and robert said go back to your earliest dreams what were they what were the dreams you had when you were young and he would talk about my dream when i was three was i was going to be a peacemaker and my dad said, I wasn't, there's no such thing, but I had that dream and I became a peacemaker at the United Nations. And so he tells people, go back to your childhood and you same your National Geographic's allowing you to see that people are not all happy, that they don't even have enough to eat, etc. So Marilyn, now that you have explained your life and how beautiful it is, you know, you did get into the corporate world too. And I'm really happy that you were because that allowed people in the corporate world to see new ways to bring peace and freedom through their products or possibly through their energy. And so if you were to say, Today, I hope this happens. What would you end that sentence with? Today, I hope our world, I hope Robert Mueller's influence, what would you say? I would say for us all to realize that we right now have an opportunity to live our lives differently, 
to bring peace to ourselves, to the people around us, and to everything that we work with. Because peace truthfully starts from within, from ourselves. Because if we're not at peace, how can we give peace to others? How can we see peace and compassion in others? So let's start with ourselves and being at peace with ourselves, and then at peace with the people around us, and then our community, and then our country, and then the world, and everything on it, because it has to start here. You don't have to wait for whatever you're waiting for to happen before you start being happy or you being at peace, because that is, as the old saying, so inside job. We have to choose it first. You know, it's so interesting because the motto on the front of my peace community magazine on peacepodcast.org, if anybody's interested in the magazines, um, you are the peace other people need. Think about those words. You are the peace. Mm -hmm. This is what Marilyn just now said. We are the peace other people need. And I love that. Marilyn, I can't thank you enough. This is Marilyn Tam. And Marilyn, tell us your website so that people who are just beginning to see how powerful an idea is and how a dream is and how they can read your books and your ability to be on Medium. She writes constantly, and she's telling people what she has learned through her life. So what is your website, Marilyn? It's MarilynTam.com. So just my name, Marilyn Tam, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N. T-A-M.com. And beautiful. you can find my, my blogs, my books, um, a lot more uh, free resources for you. It's a free, it's a free um, encyclopedia. That's all I can <laughs> Encyclopedia of what you can do when you have that vision. The vision has to drive you first. Um, I feel that Marilyn started out in uh, Hong Kong with not the best circumstances. But as you listen to her story, you saw how her vision drove her into the circumstances and the coincidences that brought her to where she is today. And with that, I thank you, Marilyn. I thank you for giving us the wisdom you have accumulated as you have lived this powerful life. And starting out alone in the United States might be a real good reason people want to watch this again. Bring some friends with you and and talk about what Marilyn is telling you to do. Marilyn, do you have a last word? I'll just say, know that you are loved. Because when you love yourself, that emanates. And to know that we are all here for a purpose and you have a reason for being. I think we're all here with that purpose. You know, I feel it. That we're alive today because we're here for a reason. So you might have to pay attention to what's happening in your life. What are the coincidences that are coming forward as as with Marilyn and the coincidences that happened with her and her life and her passion for peace? And with that, I thank you for joining us today. I thank you for being here for peacepodcast.org. And I'm Barbara. And you can hear us on YouTube, Spotify, and pay attention to what these people who are the beautiful guests I've had to allow you to see the passion that they bring to the world for peace. And with that, I say, may peace be with you, and I'll see you next week.